Welcome to the Survivor's Guide to Life podcast, episode 114. I'm here with my partner, Dr. Peter Bernstein. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson. And we are back. Peter's back. Um, he's just gotten back from uh, fresh from Evergreen, Colorado, and maybe not quite so fresh from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Um, <laughs> he's going to share some of the things that he observed on his trip. Uh, we are seeing a kind of a, a relief uh, with some of the easing of the, the pandemic going on. Uh, maybe more than relief, maybe there's more to it. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And um, not only just for the general public, but for medical professionals, for first responders, this is a, a, a perplexing, relieving, but still troubling time. Now, what would be another word for relieving? And what would be? I would think some. Sometimes where it would look to me is like hysteria. Hysteria. <laughs> <coughs> and people were just. That was Florida, not Evergreen, right? Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, but what I really was aware of in all airports uh, and air, airplanes uh, that I traveled on. Something is different, very different. Um, people are pouring into the resorts, pouring into, it's almost like they're breaking out of prison. They're finally released and they're just going wild. <clears throat> they, you know, we talk about the joy of the, you know, the summer's here. There's joy in the sense that we can, we are not, we don't have to wear the masks, uh, which I personally am so relieved about. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But also, uh, you know, it's been a quite a year and a half of absolute, an aberration to all of our lives. That's been very serious. Uh, people have been just tucked away in their homes, working from home. Uh, other people don't even have their jobs. And many, many others are grieving and mourning the loss of loved ones. It's mm -hmm. still, by the Millions. way, it is still happening. Yeah. Um, the, the last week's figure for amount of people that have died from COVID-19 in the United States is 600,000. It's, it's more now this week. Yeah. People are still dying. Yeah. In certain parts of the country, uh, people who didn't want to get the um, inoculation. Get the vaccine. The rates of well, infection are going up in yeah. some areas. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems to me that the elation is a little bit premature. Yeah. And, you know, I was telling Jenny today, look, we don't want to put a negative message out. I'm really glad that a lot of this is, is uh, taken off now and people aren't getting... There's so many people that are inoculated and the disease is diminished so so much. So. Significantly so. And, I mean, I'm, I'm personally so relieved about it and grateful. And being that we're people who are on the front lines with others, as well as doctors and nurses... Uh, paramedics, um, people, we seem to have our finger on the pulse of what's really happening. What's underneath some of this uh, A lot of energy. It. Yeah. And, you know, you could say, well, you're all so close to it, you don't really see the big picture. And I think that's a mistake. Yeah. I think we really have our, our tuning into what's actually going on. Mm -hmm. um, there was a, and it can't be just me, because I read the New York Times uh, last, end of last week, and there was an article by Andrew Jacobs. I'm wondering if it's a guy I grew up with in, in New Jersey. I don't know. Very smart guy. 
but it's called frontline health care workers aren't feeling this summer of joy mm -hmm. and I'm I read the article and I'm thinking to myself boy if this doesn't fit for what I am seeing going on out there right and um, the writer at one point or one of the doctors used an analogy that I thought was really good um, he said a lot of people are doing the victory dance um, like the touchdown has already happened and not only it hasn't happened the ball's been fumbled and I think that a lot of people are doing this victory dance like everything's over and everything's fine now but they're not really considering the, the, res the, the ramifications, the resonance of this horrible year and a half and the toll that it's taken on so many. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think it's right. I, I, we knew that there would be, you can't go through something like that and think it's over because your masks are off and thank God the, the spread of the disease is under control. But everything else that went along with it has long-term effects. Yes. And in fact, they weren't even going to show themselves until these other things were taken care of. When they're out of kind of crisis mode and or survival mode. Survival mode. And then, uh, then what has we've taken in has a chance to come, come to the surface. surface. And I think it's happening on a. I'll be honest with you, on a massive level. Yeah. Um, I was jolted when I got off the plane in, in Fort Lauderdale. People were pouring into the airports in massive numbers and were so out of control screaming and hollering and pushing each other and rude and the negativity was so intense it well overwhelmed even me mm -hmm. and i looked at that and i go this has got to be like walking into what living hell must be like and that's not joy that's not the summer of joy mm -hmm. that's not a not a, a genuine of pleasure and joy, no. not what you're hearing. And that's what they're what they're really seeing it as they're elated because now they can get out of the house finally after a year and a half and they can travel and do all these things. Well, the elation truly reeks of a negativity, a hysteria. Um, it was funny, I was staying in a very lovely hotel where my wife and I used to stay while I was taking care of my mom. And I go into, the, you know, in the lobbies, beautiful place, and all these people are there, so many. And, uh, families and the screaming and hollering was astounding but you know what the amazing thing is the misery on people's faces oh, distress yes it was I, you look at it and you go look they're just sitting there they look one after another they just look miserable mm -hmm. everybody's been through a lot and yet they're pretending to be elated yeah. and it's it's a sad thing it's also troubling because our the effects of the, what we've all gone through in this last year and a half are not over no. Absolutely. No. For us, the frontline worker, I came back to work. Same thing. It was almost like an avalanche had happened in two weeks' time. Mm -hmm. And Jenny did was covering for she did a beautiful job, and the avalanche still was it happening. Still was happening. And yeah. it was it was almost crisis intervention for so many people. This week was like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I was seeing out there too. Mm -hmm. Where we live in the area that we live in is certainly a lot. Mellower in Sonoma County than what I saw in Southern Florida and in uh, other places, but it doesn't matter. People's psyche, what their behaviors are like, mm -hmm. is the same. Mm -hmm. You had brought something up as we were just talking, and I, 
I I get it. And you're saying that when this, she was remembering when this the pandemic early first early in the pandemic, but before the vaccine was available, and certainly here in California, uh, early we were all told to shelter in place, to go home, stay home, don't go to work. If you go out to the grocery store, keep your visit short. And I would go out for a walk, uh, and people coming toward me on the sidewalk would walk all the way around out in the street to pass me and would look at me and I would re I realized that people were filled with suspicion that anyone they met could be carrying the virus could give it to them touching anything became a, a, um, a dangerous possibility of risk and I just remember that feeling that everyone was scared suspicious out of control and the media was feeding it they were just feeding the hysteria and the fearfulness and the distrust right um i remember I, it's not that long ago but i remember you we've been used to here at the institute of dealing with recessions the effects of things that can be pretty serious but we also knew a lot of times people begin to change for the better yeah and they begin to care about each other again and have empathy mm -hmm. That is not what we've seen with this. No, no. This has been the lingering distrust, the antagonisms, the anger. Now, I'm not saying everybody, because even in the midst, what I found is even in the midst of this hysteria and negativity, there were some kind people, Definitely. but they stood out. Yeah. So it wasn't like they were like most. They were very different, mm -hmm. and they had their empathy, and they had their concern. I ran into it with with the, some of the workers at the airports. I ran into it in the hotels. I ran every once in a while on the, in the airplanes. I saw, some, mm -hmm. I saw some amazing experiences, but I saw stewards and stewardesses handling people that truly were out of control. Like you read about in the papers, mm -hmm. I witnessed it. Mm -hmm. And they were able to defuse some very potentially explosive situations. And don't you think the last, the last part of my uh, leg home I was sitting next, and I, no kidding, a woman was just losing it, oh. and it was a nightmare. Mm -hmm. And they had to really stay on her. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I even she wanted to <laughs> come at me, and I would say, and I would just block her out mm -hmm. the best I could. But part of me was realizing this is this, this poor woman is having a panic attack, and yeah. she can't stop. Yeah. And even I would go, okay, it's going to be okay. Just. Yeah. But these, but with these stewardesses and stewards, they. I walked out and I said, "You guys were remarkable. Mm -hmm. What they did, mm -hmm. um, they were really excellent." And you have to be now, because yeah. there are. Some, I saw it in the airports. I saw people coming unglued at workers, mm -hmm. and it was so abusive and nasty and vile that I couldn't. And I remember talking to them after some of the younger workers, and I go. Don't take it personally, mm -hmm. people like this. And don't you think some of those people, I was doing that, they came at me. Mm -hmm. And they did that, I, I never saw them before. Same thing. Mm -hmm. The only mm -hmm. difference was, I really took care of it very quickly. Almost surgically and well, shut them down. you had the skills. Yeah, and I wouldn't take it, but these people were out of control too, mm -hmm. and they were troublemakers. So what's going on underneath that? For people who are just almost losing control. Well, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. I really do. 
And I think people have to understand, after what we've all been through, it's not over yet. It really isn't. The effects of it are not over yet. This would, to me, this would be a time of recuperation and healing. Um, and I certainly, personally, have experienced that lately, because I went on to see some friends in Evergreen, Colorado, a gorgeous place, by the way, really pristine. Mm -hmm. And I could see for the first time, particularly what I've been through with man, my wife, who's passed away, was I haven't, I needed to heal, and I haven't had a break in a good six years, at least. And I began to feel the healing was just beginning to take place. I knew it wasn't over, it wasn't complete. but it was a change of direction, and it felt good. Mm -hmm. But I didn't want to uh, <laughs> overread it, and I was glad that I didn't, because I still had to, when I came home, Mm -hmm. I still had to deal with the same things, but I left. Um, but I seem to have a little bit more resilience and reserve, and I needed it because what we've gone through this week at the Institute has been very intense. Yeah. A lot of trauma, a lot of effects of it. Not all of it coming out of people very nicely. Right. We've, talked, we've dealt with people who are out of control, vile, yeah. attacking, yeah, vicious. Too. I heard it. And we didn't do anything, yeah. but we understand it in our work how to handle it. Let me, let me just ask a question then, because for you, the time in, in Evergreen was restoring. It was the beginning of that. Absolutely. Would the people in Florida around the pool screaming, would they have said that they thought they were getting some restoration too? They were screaming, and they were out of control. It was astounding to watch. The naked, and this, I stayed in a beautiful place. Yeah. Um, uh, whoa, the intensity wasn't all pleasurable. And they thought they were having a good time. Right. But you could see, you just scratch the surface, you could have conflict. And I did see those too. I thought the, the workers, for the, not all of them, were handled it very well. I saw others that were burned out, done, they shouldn't have been doing the work anymore. Mm -hmm. Just like nurses and doctors and frontline workers that we've seen are burned out, they're done. Yeah. And they shouldn't be doing the work anymore. One of the things that said in this article that really is, is kind of, it's, it's sad and heartbreaking is many of the nurses have quit, so a lot of the hospitals and... That's a significant fact they're reporting, that, that the, the shortage of nurses is, is affecting medical care across the board. It, it is, and we've seen it in hospice, the people we work with, yeah. teams of their people just quit. And that was in Florida, that's been here. Um, and you can see that it's having a devastating effect. You know what's even worse? The suicide rate for these workers yeah. over the this in one this one area that I, I, I'm trying to remember where mm -hmm. this fell is from, 3,600 nurses have killed themselves this year. Yeah. That is remarkable. It's tragic. And, and I've seen it even in parts of my family that were help, nurses. Mm -hmm. It's true. Yeah. I it's not isolated. It's that bad. And mm -hmm. these people are shot. Mm -hmm. They've been through hell. Mm -hmm. They've witnessed so much death and dying. They were the bridges for families who couldn't be with their who loved couldn't ones. connect with their loved ones, and they had to watch through glass partitions, yeah. watching their loved ones die, or being able to give their last love to their loved one on the phone while a nurse is passing the message. And mm -hmm. this has been a devastating year. Mm -hmm. um, frontline workers, let's be honest, and we, I include ourselves. I. I <laughs> I do. We live in extraordinary reality, though. And we've done a lot of podcasts about that. Um, we develop deeper sensitivities and uh, stronger resilience if we hang in there. 
um, we develop deeper sensitivities in many different ways, hopefully to ourselves as well, which is, tends to be secondary, which it shouldn't be. Uh, but we've seen um, a certain reality that we live that most people wouldn't choose in their last breath. It's mm -hmm. so difficult. Yeah. We have seen so much sickness, dying, the impact of trauma, long range and all of that. We've seen the impact on ourselves. Um, we've just opened, one of our workers here who's been fabulous as a caregiver and whatever, Colleen just opened up a gym right across the street. It's primarily for middle-aged and caregiving people. So many mm -hmm. are physically suffering mm -hmm. and have forgotten how to take care of themselves if they ever did at all. We're seeing this extraordinary reality and it's saying it's a, there's a message here to us that most people don't want to know from it even if they're impacted by it, they don't want it. They choose to deny it and run away mm -hmm. or pretend that it's not happening. But underneath, they're suffering like we are in many, many ways. Only the way it's reacted to or engaged with is much different. Where we know we have to take responsibility. We've got to deal with ourselves. We've got to help the people that we're, we're here to help. We have to channel ourselves in a different way. The public doesn't. Mm -hmm. And they want out. Mm -hmm. They don't want to look back. They don't want to even think about this. They want to run. And I mean, I'm talking about millions. I know I'm right about this. Mm -hmm. But it's a mistake. And if we do it, it's going to be even a bigger mistake. Do we want to at times? Do the nurses and doctors want to? You bet. It's a human thing. It's horrible. Yeah. And we have seen so much of it this year. And it's, you were a witness this week. Do you, do you see it over here at all? No. Not at all. No. In fact, it's brought. This is the other thing I think that's happened. Being that part of the pressure of COVID is finally dim diminished, it's finally releasing so much that's been suppressed and repressed under the surface. All of a sudden, like the lid is off and stuff is flooding right. into our awareness and our consciousness. Not our awareness, but our consciousness, our behaviors. It's not all good. No. And even though. We, you know, we do. I've been a psychologist, and now I'm entering and coach, and, and specializing in in trauma recovery. We've talked about the unconscious a lot, and when that stuff is released, we're not talking about positive things. Yeah. Talking about things that can be very destructive if you don't get a handle on it. If you don't get a handle on it. And I think something has happened on a mass level yeah. that that material that's been held down for survival's sake, right. it, the lid is off. And I do believe that the, the decompression, the flooding, is happening now. In the last couple of minutes, you've said some very important things that can help people out there who are feeling some of these things we're describing. And we're just about out of time. And I just wanted to give you a chance to kind of put together one or two things that would be really important for people to take away from the things you were just talking about. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll tell you one of them is to slow down and to not run away from burdens that you're carrying from what you've been through. You're human, I'm human. I can't sit here and judge you because that, that would be hypocritical. I'm as human as you are, maybe more so now, at least my realizing it after what we've been through. Um, we're all human. We all have flaws. We all make mistakes. We all have blind spots. I'm not making you wrong for that. But what you are responsible for is your behaviors. And if you slow down, you're gonna feel 
the burdens that you've been carrying and the effects of them. Um, should you feel some relief and, and some enjoyment? Absolutely. Sure. Things have been a nightmare on a massive level, but don't get out of control because when you begin to realize this stuff, it can be an explosion of negativity and anger and distrust mm -hmm. that's been built up and fed by the media and whatever and it politics. Can be destructive. Very. So that's the thing you got to slow yourself down and learn to deal with it. You know, uh, The Rock, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson. You know, I read something on the airport, and you know, he's a big, hulking guy. He says, you know, men, especially big, macho guys, they don't like to cry. They don't like to admit that it's, it, or, or to be more vulnerable and open. And he says, the path to healing and to being resilient is allowing yourself to be vulnerable, to feel what's there, to let yourself cry, not to be judgmental of yourself, and to realize you too can get better and improve even through all of this with, when you stop running, when you stop hiding, when you stop denying. We're all, on, we're all on this planet together, we're all human, we're not superior, but we can help each other. You gotta open it. You gotta be a little bit more trusting again. And this one of the long range effects of this miserable year and a half is distrust has been just fueled, fueled and mm -hmm. almost in, in in injected into all of us. And it's it's got a long term effect that doesn't look good. No, no, we have a ways to go. Yeah. So I want to put a positive message out, but I want it to be grounded in a way that you can deal with this and come out more resilient. Um, uh, stronger and more capable than you were before we ever went into this. But you got to slow down. You got to feel the burdens that you've accumulated, just like we do. Yeah. All right. Thank you. And I want to send you my best regards and all my prayers for all of you. Pray for us too. We need it. Thank you. Thank you. The Survivor's Guide to Life podcast is made possible by Sonoma Coast Trauma Treatment, a 501c3 charity that relies on donations to keep us on the air and on our YouTube channel. We are on all of the podcast outlets, our YouTube channel. Our website is thesurvivorsguidetolife.com where you'll find uh, information and Peter and I can be reached at 707-781. 3335 or Jenny at com. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you again next time. Can I ask one thing before we end? Could you put a, um, just take a shot of Lynn's picture before we end? And I just want to dedicate this to my wife who's now in heaven. Lynn. Lynn Kelly Bernstein. Talking about an angel. Thank you, Steve. Goodbye.